Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hey friends, Father Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Praying for America. Isn't that something you want to do? That's something we want to do together. Light up the entire world for freedom for goodness, for truth. And that is what we're here to inspire each other to do. We are going to talk about putting patients, that is you and me, doctors, back in charge of healthcare rather than bureaucrats, rather than government, rather than big gigantic companies. We want people to be at the center of healthcare. Healthcare, economies, nations exist for human beings, human persons, not the other way around. It's one of the big differences, isn't it, between the free republic to which we belong and the type of communist state that some people seem to be in favor of. Well, we're going to talk about that tonight in terms of healthcare. Healthcare has always been a key uh, aspect of saving our nation, creating America first policies. I want to continue our discussion tonight about pillars of America first policies and the biblical foundations of those pillars. Uh, we uh, have been talking about that just with, just at the beginning of our analysis of that. There's a lot to it. And besides talking about the policies themselves, we're going to talk about the way we've already succeeded through President Trump and the team he put together at reaching those goals. We built a great nation. If it weren't for the China virus coming in, we would be soaring in places uh, that we've never seen before. And in fact, what could have been can still be. Uh, because, of course, as you know, President Trump has declared his uh, candidacy for the presidency for a second term. And uh, he has a team that is already working on policies, already hammering out uh, phase two of this great adventure of uh, making America great. And uh, that group has come together under various umbrellas, but particularly the America First Policy Institute that I'm also associated with and from whose uh, mapping of policy, I'm drawing a lot of these uh, presentations. So uh, we wanna talk about that. And uh, you know, talking about healthcare, we also wanna pray for you and your intention. So in the comments, along with telling us hi and where you're from, which is always nice, uh, tell us what your needs might be. Tell us how we can pray for you tonight. Praying for America includes praying for each other. And there might be health needs that you or your loved ones have. There might be financial needs, relationship issues, decisions you have to make, wisdom that you need, whatever it might be. Tell us your prayer intentions. And the reading tonight goes along with that. I want to go to the third letter of John in the New Testament. And it begins like this. The elder to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It gave me great joy to have some brothers come and tell about your faithfulness to the truth and how you continue to walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Let us pray. Father, you give us the command to walk in truth. Your Son himself is truth. You call us to take care of our spiritual well-being. Lord, you also give us life in the body. And you call us to take care of our health, to help one another, 
to be healthy. And Lord, you give us uh, many tools and many gifts along these lines. Your son, Jesus Christ, healed the sick. And the ministry of healing continues in his church today and through the medical profession. We ask you, Lord, uh, tonight we want to pray over all doctors, nurses, medical assistants, anyone in any, at any level or in any of the many dimensions of the medical profession, that they would see their work primarily as serving people. And in fact, Lord, as serving you in those people. Whatsoever you do to the least of my brothers and sisters, says the Lord, you do to me. Enable doctors, nurses, and medical associates of any kind to see Christ in their patients, to treat them with the reverence with which they would treat Jesus Christ himself, to see human life with that, not just with the medical knowledge they have or the technical skill that they employ, but to see human life with the awe that it inspires, with the reverence that it deserves. Human life, the human body, the intricacies of the human person. Enable them, Lord, to be attentive not only to the physical functioning of the body and its many systems, but to the feelings, to the attitudes, the aspirations, the desires of the patient in front of them. Bless and protect our medical professionals. Protect them, Lord, from becoming absorbed into an impersonal, faceless, nameless bureaucracy. Protect them from greed. Protect them from the lust for power. Protect them from the lack of regard for conscience. In fact, protect their own consciences from others who have no regard for it and would force them to do things contrary to their moral convictions. Bless our entire nation, Lord God, that in the arena of healthcare, it may be truly a system centered on the patient and giving proper control to the patient and to the doctor for what is done and what is and how it is done and what is achieved. We ask this in the name of the great physician, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And healthcare really is tied in with so many biblical truths, like some of those that I was just mentioning. You know, the salvation that Jesus Christ gives us is a salvation of body and soul. We've talked about this before, integral salvation. In fact, let me go to the board here and give you a little bit of a, a, a summary of this. When we talk about salvation in Christ, obviously we're talking about the salvation of souls. We're talking about the forgiveness of sins. We're talking about Christ and, and the Holy Spirit and the Father dwelling in the believer. We know uh, all these things are true, the spiritual health that he, that he calls us to have. But we're also talking about the body. The body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and we'll go to that passage uh, that Paul writes to the Corinthians. Uh, but I summarize it this way, and, and, and many theologians have pointed this out too. It's integral salvation. In other words, when Christ saves, 
But let's put it this way. Christ Jesus, the only Savior of the world, saves all that he made. So what does the Word tell us? You see the first chapter of John's Gospel, for example. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him nothing came to be. So everything that exists was made in and through him. And then Paul writes to the Colossians, the first chapter of that letter, he says, all things were created through him, all things were created for him. He is before all else that is, and in him everything continues in being. So if that's true, Christ has a concern for all that he made, that is all creation, everything that exists. Nothing was made apart from Christ. That kind of goes against the false ideologies, philosophies, and religions that say that God is the source of some created things and somebody else is the source of other created things. No, 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 no. Christ is the source of all that is made. So all creation, everything that exists, ever has existed, ever will exist, is in, through, and for him. So therefore, if he comes to save, what does he come to save? Everything. Sin affects everything. Sin has corrupted all creation. What does Paul tell us? All creation groans and is in agony until now. Why is there sickness in the first place? Why is there sickness? Why is there death? All of this came about through sin. Not that it doesn't mean if you get a, a, the flu tomorrow that it's because of some particular sin that you committed. We're not saying that. What we're saying is the whole condition in which we live, where we have to struggle against infirmity, weakness, illness, death, chaos, sin, evil, came about because in the beginning we separated ourselves from God. If God is all that is good, what happens when you turn away from him? If he's everything that's good and you turn away, you end up with evil, problems. Okay, so salvation in Christ is integral salvation. I didn't mean to put this S there. Integral salvation. Salvation of souls, of bodies, of relationships. Salvation, indeed, of nations. When we say, and you see the signs at political rallies, save our nation, we're not talking about political saviors. We have one Savior. You know, back at Christmas time, when uh, uh, President uh, President uh, Trump was invited to uh, speak at uh, the church of our friend Pastor Robert Jeffries, he's been on this program with us uh, out there in Dallas, Texas. Um, Pastor Jeffries invited the president up to say a few words, and the president said, "Yeah, you know, we our country has a Savior. He is this is not me. He's way higher than me." He said, and of course, he's talking about Jesus Christ. When we talk about save our nation, yeah, you know, that includes having good policies like the ones we talk about on this program and the ones that the America First Policy Institute works to hammer out, the ones that President Trump and his team work to actually successfully implement. But that's just part of the equation. That's just our little task, our little job as disciples of the one and only Savior Jesus Christ, right? But his salvation includes nations. The body politic has to be saved. We all have to be saved. What does Scripture tell us? 
What does is, what is, what is Scripture tell us? What does St. Peter tell us? What we await are new heavens and a new earth. So we shouldn't think of salvation just in terms of uh, you know, disembodied souls coming into right relationship with God. We should think about a new heavens and a new earth. A whole world, a whole universe renewed, set free from the corruption of sin and death, and united in an everlasting relationship with Christ. What do we see in the last book of the Bible? Uh, What did John see? I saw coming down out of heaven the new Jerusalem, adorned and as beautiful as a bride prepared to meet her husband. A city. He saw a city. And in it was a throne, and the Lamb of God was its light. And there was a river flowing from the throne, and trees growing, bearing fruit, not just once a year, but once a month. And there was no more sorrow or pain or crying out or tears, and no more death. That's the new and eternal Jerusalem, the new heavens and the new earth. Christ saves all that he made. That's why we can talk about health care as a policy. That's why we can talk about policies that, as John in that third letter wrote to his friend Gaius, enable us to say to one another, I hope you are flourishing in your health, because God himself wants that. By the way, you can find the kind of things I'm talking about here in more detail. America first policy.com. Good reference point for the things we're going to talk about. So we're talking about 10 pillars of America First policy rooted in scripture, actually, but then resulting in very concrete policy recommendations. The first one that we talked about for several shows was make the world's greatest economy work for all Americans. Okay, so we saw the biblical foundations of that. Go back and uh, see the programs on these different channels. Uh, To delve into that, obviously, you can go back and uh, find them. The one we want to look at now is put... Patience, you and me, and doctors back in charge of health care. Well, if they're not in charge, who is? And, of course, that's the problem because very often with policies that we see coming out of certain segments, certain sectors of our society, It's nameless, faceless bureaucrats in government offices that are in charge of health care. No, 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 no. Health care, hospitals, pharmacy uh, companies, all of this is supposed to exist for the person, not the other way around. The state itself, government exists for the person, not the other way around. So we can't let our health care and our decisions be absorbed into some nameless, faceless bureaucrats out there 
or companies that are working for their own benefit, for their own increase out of an unbiblical greed, cutting corners, charging us outrageous prices, for their benefit. No, it's not supposed to be for their benefit. It's supposed to be for ours. And so that's the kind of stuff that we want to zero in on here. Let me go back to the chair. We're going to look at um, what these policies actually end up being when you concretize them. First of all, going back to to the, the biblical foundation, I mentioned it briefly, but we should read the passage in a little more depth, is 1 Corinthians 6. You're familiar with it. It's about the body as a temple of the Holy Spirit. So, Paul writes, All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. And then he talks about that body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? So unlike religions that say, oh yes, well, our God is somewhere out there and we hope that we can have access to him, but in order to do so, you know, we have to do all different kinds of things and we're not sure if we're going to get get access to him. No, 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 no. He's not out there watching us from a distance. Paul says, who is in you? Whom you have received from God. So again, 1 Corinthians 6.19, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? So you think about a temple Dwelling place of God. Remember the temple that God gave instructions in the Old Testament for them to build? He promised it to David, Solomon, his son, end up building it. God gave very precise instructions about how to build the temple. And the positioning of everything and the artwork and the, the, the down to the, to the metrics, the whole metrics. It was a, an architectural plan. Inside the temple was the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest could go in once a year. In fact, it was such a strict rule that only that high priest could go in there once a year, that when he went in to perform the ritual sacrifices that he had to perform, they had to, they tied a rope to his ankle. On the off chance that he would die while he was in there, nobody could would be able to go in to get him. They'd, they'd pull him out. So strict. That was the Holy of Holies because that was the dwelling of God. His throne was in there. And Paul is writing to people that, 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 that knew that. And he's saying, you, you are God's temple, your body. You are your body, by the way. We as human beings are not spirits using a body like a driver uses a car. Driver uses a car. Driver can separate from the car, throw the car away, especially if it gets old, sell the car, trade it in for another one, take the car apart if you want, sell the parts. The driver isn't the car. The driver goes in the car and uses it. The car sort of comes to life, right, when the driver is, is using it. That's not the relationship between your soul and your body. It's not the driver driving the car. 
It's not the machine operator operating the machine. You are your body. Just as much as you are your soul. See, this is, this is so foundational to an understanding of these policies that we want to pursue. That don't treat people as things. You know, healthcare can't treat people as machines to be fixed. There's a certain analogy. You look at the intricate workings of the human body, and you know, doctors have told me many times. Some of you are doctors, I'm sure, watching this program. You can appreciate this. And, uh, you know, they've said to me, hey, you know, Father Frank, the, the body heals itself. You know, we just sort of, you know, do a few little things to help it along and maybe help it heal faster. But the body does the work of healing itself. It's very true. Doctor is just there to help it along a little bit. You are your body. You, your body is personal not simply a machine. And if if a health if a if a government looks at human beings as just uh, machines that that can be fixed, then it can also look at them as machines that can be thrown away. We have to be careful. The body is a person. You are just as much the body of your soul as you are the soul of your body. This is the Christian understanding of the human person. That's why we believe in the resurrection of the body. That's why Jesus Christ says the Holy Spirit, he himself and God the Father would come to dwell in you. We will make our dwelling place within him. Jesus called his own body a temple. Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Sacred. The body is sacred. We can't abuse the body. We can't commit sins against the body. And therefore we have to take care of the body. And this is why healthcare is so important. So Paul says there, uh, your temple, your body is a temple. And then he says, he goes on, he makes it even stronger in the last part of verse 19 there. This is 1 Corinthians 6. He says, you are not your own. Whoa. You are not your own. Doesn't that clash with some of the cultural trends that we see and have seen for decades. My body, my choice. My body, my choice. Oh, really? And you belong to whom? See, either we belong to ourselves, in which case, all right, go right ahead. Chant, you're my body, my choice, my body, my choice. Of course, the question is, if it is your body and your choice, when did that start? presumably it started when you started. So not even, and of course I'm arguing here in the context of the abortion debate, not even the slogan, my body, my choice, if you granted that, works. It doesn't work. It contradicts itself because if you're saying my body, my choice as a reason that you can kill somebody else's body and stop somebody else's choice, you're involved in a self-contradictory proposition. My body, my choice started when? We who are pro-life, we who say the baby in the womb has her body and her choice too, are actually more in favor of freedom than you are. 
they make the, the, the argument based on autonomy, or based on aut bodily autonomy, the woman should be able to have her child killed. When did your bodily autonomy start? Doesn't bodily autonomy start when your body starts? Doesn't your control over your life start? Maybe, I don't know, when your life starts. See, we believe in it more than they do. They're using bodily autonomy as an argument to destroy someone's bodily autonomy. And that's just the beginning of the, the sick, self-contradictory ideas that the promoters of abortion advocate. No, it's not bodily autonomy. Brothers and sisters, first of all, not only does that contradict itself if you're trying to kill the baby, but let's go back to the root question. Is it even true to begin with? Aside from the context of there being a baby in there that you want to destroy, is it even true to begin with that it's your body and your choice and your freedom? Or do you perhaps belong to someone else? Does perhaps somebody else's choice make more of a difference, have more of an impact? Is there maybe somebody by the name of God or by the name of Christ Jesus who has a higher say? This is Christian anthropology. This is the Christian view of the human person. Healthcare has to be based, our view of healthcare as Christian patriots needs to be rooted in a Christian anthropology, a Christian view of the human person. And it starts with a proper understanding of whose body it is and whose choice it is. You and I belong to the Lord. Paul says, you are not your own. You were bought and at a great price. God created you. God redeemed you. You are his. So that tells us, take care of your body. And it tells us, don't use your stewardship over your body as a reason to harm somebody else. Well, there's a lot more that we need to go into. We're going to have to continue this in the next program uh, tomorrow night. Uh, friends, let other people know about this program so that we can bring you these, uh, these ideas. And then we'll go into some of the America First policies that flow from this understanding of the human person, the importance of healthcare. We'll talk about some of the great accomplishments in the arena of healthcare that President Trump and his team put together, but we'll do that uh, in tomorrow night's show. Let's pray now. Lord, we thank you for making us creatures of a body and soul, not a soul using a body, but a soul united with a body. Thank you, Lord, for the, for the sacredness of life. Thank you for the, uh, reality of healthcare, the fact that we're able to get healthcare in this country. Thank you for doctors who serve us, nurses and other medical professionals. Uh, Lord, bring us policies and bring us government leaders who will put patients first, who will put doctors first, who will understand that it's not nameless, faceless bureaucrats or big companies that should control healthcare, but rather, well, just like we control and should control everything else about our country, we the people. It's we the people first, under God, under you, O Lord. Bless us and lead us in that direction. 
and make us strong advocates for these kinds of policies. Now we pray in the words, Jesus taught us, and as we pray this prayer tonight, let's include all the intentions that you yourselves have indicated to us for your health, uh, for other needs that you may have. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Well, friends, connect with me on social media. Fr Frank Pavone is the address, as you can see on the screen there. Connect with Right Side Broadcasting at RSB Network. Make sure you have your Getter account. Make sure you have your Truth Social account. And uh, let's stay connected and encouraged. And remember, as President Trump tells us, we're part of the greatest, greatest political movement in our history. Let's stay part of it. Let's get others to be part of it. Let's be confident that this country doesn't belong to those who are trying to destroy it. It belongs to us. It belongs to you and me. Let's be proud patriots, proud Christians, and let's save our nation. Talk to you again tomorrow. God bless you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.